All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, you're online. Uh, we know you're not near to us physically, but you should know that you're near and dear to us in our hearts. And we love you and we're praying for you and we thank God for you. And uh, you, you should know that. And uh, so if there's anything, you know, you need, pal, let us know. Smartphone for sale, highest bidder. Two dollars sold. Uh, keep praying for Al. He's going through it, and he needs he needs God's hand healing and hand of blessing and and extra grace to go through what he's going through right now. So. So let's make sure we're praying for him. <clears throat> so we're in week two of our um, kind of a current series triggered by Hamas's attack. Out of the, the pages of scripture, kind of in some, given the background, so you can contextualize everything. First, uh, First Chronicles twelve thirty two. We looked at this verse, talking about the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And you know the times, you know what to do. And we saw last week that God has a clock, like God created time, space, and then He measured time. We looked at the last week and we, we saw that Israel nationally, the nation of Israel, in peace, as illustrated in the parable of the fig tree in Matthew 24. And then we saw, you know, we can be like, and the time in which we leave, that'll live, that'll help, like how to live. Uh, what you do depends on what time it is. You know, when it's meal time, you eat. When it's bedtime, you go to bed. So what time it is helps determine shouldn't do. I was thinking this week about the wise men, you know, the three kings from the east who came, uh, the star of the Messiah, and they knew what time it was spawned because they, they're reading what Daniel had written down, and, and, and we know that Daniel knew the times from reading Jeremiah. And so we want to be people who can know and understand the times in which we live. And, and I think we all recognize living in, in the end times. <clears throat> when, when Christ came, came to the nation of Israel, one reason they couldn't recognize their Messiah was because... Oh, you got to give me new batteries?
Testing, testing, testing. 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 Okay. All right. Sorry about that. We had technical difficulties. That's probably probably my fault. Um, <clears throat> Al, we, we love you, and we thank God for you. And even though um, you're not here, we we're thinking about you. We're praying about you. And we recognize that, you know, you're going through it right now. So we love you and we're going to be praying for you. So, um, second. Okay. So Israel, I'm continuing. You guys missed a little bit. That's okay. Israel, when Christ came, they didn't recognize that there's actually two differentiate prophecies that, that that prophesied the coming Messiah, okay, and then the sufferings, the suffering servant of Isaiah, and then the ruling Messiah of the, like, they couldn't differentiate the fact that there's actually two comings. One thing that's happened in the church age, okay, is that the church can't seem to properly differentiate between the rapture of the church and the actual second advent when Christ physically returns and he puts his feet on Mount Olivet and the Mount splits in two and he sets up a millennial, like, like, like it's all in there. Okay, now, we can see. How do we know there's two? Well, because between the first coming and the second coming. So one thing that we... Like, like greater than anyone else who came before us, we can have eyes to see how things are going to play out because we've lived farther along in human history. So prophecy, hope, it's not a guess. Biblical prophecy is actually just human history written out in advance. Okay? Now, it's not actually written out in advance in very simple chronology. So, so it's easy used in our Bibles. And that's what we're looking at right now is how do we open up this book and make sense of those things that are, that have historically, how do we do that? And so, this week, okay. in the right sequence of events, which is the sequence of events that I believe. You can open up this book for yourself and find it. See it for yourself. I love seeing in New Orleans. Conferences in New Orleans and Christmas events set up. And she's heard her 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 food. Hey, sounds great. Gumbo, gumbo. She, they, okay, they, they're way, well, great. Now, it's me. Front honor. Did you have a little chef's hat? No, didn't have a chef's hat. Okay, but come with me to the kitchen. And, and they spent hours teaching who attended this meal 
how to cook the food that they had just ordered off. So then Christine's back there like chop. She's learning how to make a roux and like you, she, by the time there, she learned how to cook. She went and sat down meal that she ordered that she prepared. Now that's a whole lot more time and work sitting down ordering the of someone else may bring it to you, right? But by the end of that evening, Christine could not only eat gum, how to make it. Now then she goes and she buys all these new spices and she brings them home. And guess what? Now I get to eat because she, okay, now look, we, for, for, a, we've already been fed spiritually today. Amen. We could just find a verse that's like, like we, order is for you guys to come in and learn to cook for yourselves. And so the goal today isn't just to give you the right sequence. The goal today and next week is to like teach you because you have a mission to lead others. Make sense? So we're going to nerd out just a little bit. And, and I've got an illustration. These things that we're at, these end times events, we need to know what they are. I kind of have a list there on your handout. You need to know what they are and what those are. So going to need to figure out how to put them in the right sequence of events. And... Um, Okay, so so now I I just was hoping someone's like a nerd, and called you a nerd. Yes, this is the matter the Matterhorn. Like, how do you know that? But that's what it is. Okay, so next slide. Next slide for me. It's the Matterhorn. Okay, what about this one? It's not Matterhorn. Uh, go to the next slide. Mount Fiji. Mike got it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, what is it? Huh? No, you're right. El Capitan. Yosemite, right? All right, yeah, go to the next. The next one just has the, okay, what about this one? Oh, not Mount Zion. You're just guessing, like, you're going with probabilities. All right, go to the next slide. This is Mount Rainier. Stay on this one, don't go to the next one. This is a picture of the Blue Mountains. They're called that, but uh, all right now, okay. We can look at mountains, and we could even identify those. Understand, Bible prophecy is kind of like this picture. Okay, it's like well, there's a lot of things. We could even identify some of them maybe, but how all exactly? Next slide. Okay, so so if we're looking at end time, 
the things that will happen, the things that have happened, happened the way the Bible said they're going to happen. These things are going to happen sometime in the future. And, and probably all of you have heard of the rapture, the millennium, the tribulation, the judgment seat of Christ, the judgment of the lost. We've got the, the, the judgment of the nations, Armageddon, Gog Magog wars. There's, there's two of them in your Bible. The abomination of desolations, the covenant, may, maybe some about those things, but all these things are end times events. And, um, put the Gog Magog wars in relationship to the millennium. Most most people don't have a clue. Okay, now. What we want to do, there's there's some keys that can help us with this. The the the, the next slide because um, Lifeway Research did a poll, a survey of different pastors, and I don't know if you'll be able to see this or not. But 64% of pastors say their church requires staff to hold specific. We don't either. We don't require that pastors have some sort of thing. Um, there's different different views on different things. 57% of pastors say they're entitled. What? Half of pastors. How does that even make sense? Okay is because they don't know scripture actually understand all these things um anyway okay let, let's go to the next one <clears throat> this is uh clarence larkin okay larkin in 1919 wrote this book on history or something like that but but look at look Sure. Here's the prophet we're looking forward throughout time as God reveals things to them. Now, you know, they could see the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, according to my to that side that, right? And then Isaiah saw Calvary in 53. He prophesied that. Pentecost is, is, is prophesied in Joel. Daniel prophesied about the Antichrist. Okay. Okay. Zechariah prophesied. The kingdom was prophesied of where Christ is going to rule and reign. But what was seen, the prophets, was this 2,000-year valley in between us. If we went back and looked at the Blue Mountains, it's like mountain, mountain, mountain. But what you don't see is in between spaces that are in there. Clarence Larkin aptly illustrate this so that we can see that there's a lot of things that are prophesied about the nation of Israel that didn't see the church age. Remember, something that was concealed but is now revealed. So we see it now. Yes. 
earth. Yeah, so all the old earth and heavens are burnt and 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 there's a new one, yeah. Okay, so go to the next slide for me. This is uh uh this is from that same lifeway young Protestant pastor. 36% of them will put the rapture. The, the, so they're trying to put the rapture before or after the tribute. How, how do these things relate to each other? 36% is a rapture before the tribute. means the majority, you know, don't believe there's a pre-tribulation rapture. 5% of... If, okay, guys, it just kills me. They don't believe that the concept of the rapture should be taken literally. I guess if you sit long enough in, in your chair and talk long enough, you can take the event of the rapture and turn it into a concept, an allegory. I don't know. The rapture is not a concept. That's like people who take God and try to turn him into a religion. It's like God's a person. He's the creator God. He's not a religion. And anyway, so people, 25% of pastors uh, say that the, the concept of the rapture is not to be taken literally. 15% of pastors believe in a post-tribulation rapture. 4%, 4%. Preterism means it's all done. All biblical prophecy has already been fulfilled. It's like, well, how's that working out for humanity? Like, None of these things are accurate. They're agnostic about it. They're like, I don't know. How would anybody know that? Okay. This is pastors. Isn't that crazy? Okay, so so we're going to see how we're doing on time here. We'll see how far we get today. All right. Believe Okay, speaking to the church. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, that doesn't mean they're they're like they fell asleep because Paul preached too long. It's actually those are people who died, but yet they have eternal life. So so they're Jesus, so these are people that are physically dead. Will God bring then old fashioned King James Bible that means just like you you went before there first. Okay, so you want event something you but here's how it's going to work. And, and
be with the Lord. Now look at this next verse. With these words. Say catching away where there's a the voice. Christ descends in the clouds and then the church meets him up in, in the clouds. Okay, now, those that have died have a bodily resurrection. Okay, because they're returning with him. Well, how does that work? Well, they, they are asleep in the sense that their physical bodies have died and they're in the grave somewhere. But their souls, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. So when the Lord returns in the clouds the same way he went up, Acts chapter 1, then those bodies, there's a physical bodily resurrection that takes place and those souls get their bodies back. It's like, yes, get my glorified body back. Okay, they don't get it until then, okay? They don't get the bodily resurrection until then. Then those of us, well, it's like, well, what about me? I, I'm just not dead yet. Do I get a glorified body? Yes. Okay, look at 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 15, 51, and 52. Show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. There it is again. Okay. Like Christ might come back before I'm done. Like, how cool would that be? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twink. The dead and the dead. We just read about the Thessalonians. And we shall be changed. And so, the what is this event? that these passages are talking about. That is talking about what we call the rapture. Now, the word rapture isn't in your Bible, but we got to call it something. We could call it the catch or the, the trans, the, the, I don't know. We could, the rapture is, is a good word. Trinity is not in your Bible either, but what we believe in. So that's, I don't mind that, but that's what the, the rapture is. And we have to place the rapture of the church somewhere of our eschatology, right? All right, what do you have next on, on your list there? The Gog-Magog Wars. We're going to skip that one. Ah, I don't know. Okay, we'll do it. You can read it. We're going to cover the tribulation next week. But the place where the tribulation is covered the most in Scripture is actually in the book of Revelation. Be able to open up the Bible, describe what's going on, is in the book of Revelation. So open up the, the book of Revelation, okay? Open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. And then look at, look at um, Revelation 1, verse 10. John is speaking from Patmos. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day 
And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And then this voice tells him lots of different things. But if we just jump forward to verse 19, the voice says, Write the things which the which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Individual words of the Bible matter. Okay? So, John wasn't just a Sunday. The book of Revelation is revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord's Day in your Bible has a specific meaning so John is writing, he's in the spirit, so he's separated from time. So the things that he's writing aren't logical, linear timeline like we would think. He is in the spirit and he's on the Lord's day. And, and here's the message. Write the things, verse 19, the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So we've got past, present, future being recorded. If thou hast thing, the things that are, the things that will be. But it's being written from the perspective. I told you we're nerding out. It's written from the perspective of the Lord's day, which scripture is, okay, Looking back, okay, the Lord's day, that is the second coming of Christ and the things that happen. Okay, so <clears throat> there's three sections in the book of Revelation. Okay. Okay. And they're divided by two events. Okay. So turn in your... If we were to look at Revelation chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, what would we find? Churches. To the angels of the churches, the seven different churches, to the church at Ephesus, Smyrna, and, and Pergamos, and Thyatira, and Sardis, and Philadelphia, Laodicea. You can history through those seven different church ages but it's all about churches i don't know I, I counted them one time 17 18 mentions of church or churches in revelation chapter 1 2 and 3 revelation chapter 4 verse 1 look at there with me revelation chapter 4 verse 1 after this i looked and behold a door was opened in heaven Okay, and what do we find when heaven opens? A trumpet, a voice like a trumpet saying, come up hither, and immediately I was in the spirit in heaven. John is trans, so, so don't miss the picture. It's all about the churches in Revelations chapter two and three, one, two, and three, and then heaven opens, the trumpet sounds, and all of a sudden John in heaven in the spirit what we just talked about, picturing the rapture, okay? So, all right, there's another event. Look at Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, verse 11. 
Now, a lot of water under the bridge, but in Revelation 19, verse 11, John says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. And we see the Lord return with his army in Revelation chapter 19. So here we have John going up. Here we have the Lord coming down. Oh, the reason the church gets confused and, and the majority of pastors don't to, to view the tribulation and end times events is because they don't have the ability to see with spiritual eyes what the Bible teaches about Christ's second coming, that there's two parts to it. There's a rapture and then there's actually the second advent. Okay. They don't know where to put First Thessalonians chapter four and first in chapter 15 that we call the rapture and they don't know how to tie it to the fact that Christ is coming back. If you can open your Bible, this is where you're learning to cook right now, by the way. If you can open your Bible and rightly read the book of Revelation, you can put things in their place. Okay? So the reason we're talking about the tribulation, because this is Revelation 1 through 3. This is Revelation 19, chapter 17 to 22, the um, future events. But what we have on the Lord's day that John saw of Revelation is four different views of the tribulation. Okay, leading to the return of Christ. So when Christ came, there was a record of his first coming. What books of the Bible talk about Christ's first coming? The Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's four different perspectives or views on the first coming of Christ. What we have between you know, Revelation chapter 16 is we have four different views of the tribulation. You've got the seals. You've got trumpets. There's seven seals. There's seven trumpets. There's seven different peoples or personages. There's seven different vials that are poured out, which are all four different perspectives on the tribulation leading to Christ's second coming. Now, Revelation is not coming past, present, future, but it's from the perspective of the Lord's day. Things that thou hast seen, that's past, that are present, and the things that will be future. Heaven is opened only times, and you see nothing, you see churches, 18, 17, you can count them. Guess how many times you see the churches during the four different views of the tribulation? Zero. Now, when Christ returns to earth to set up his rule and reign as a physical kingdom, guess what? He brings his people with him. Okay? So this, these, man. So there's some things that happen in heaven to the church during this time. Earth, it goes back to being a Jewish thing. Remember that? 
Okay, so if we can get this straightened out, we can put things in their right place. So the tribulation is a seven-year period of wrath on earth, okay, divided up where there is a peace treaty with the Antichrist. How is he going to show himself for who he is? And he's going to desecrate the temple halfway through. Now, we're going to cover this next week. I'm not going to spend a lot. But at that point, the nation of Israel is going to be like, what the what? That's not right. We're not worshiping you. And all of a sudden, what Romans 11 teaches, and all Israel shall be saved. And there is a national atonement of the nation of Israel. Okay? Now, the church is out of here during that time. We are saved from the wrath to come. During the time of tribulation, it is a judgment of the nation of Israel so they can finally get right. Um, the millennium. We know about the millennium. It is the thousand-year rule and reign of Christ. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. Verse 2, the devil and Satan bound him a, he, he was bound what? A thousand years. Verse 3, deceive the nations no more till the thousand years must be fulfilled. Verse 4, finishes with Christ reigning a thousand years. Verse 5, the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Verse 7, when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed again and and, and then again, that's that's where we get the second Gog-Magog war is Revelation 20, verse 8. But in Revelation 20, thousand-year reign, thousand-year reign, thousand-year reign, thousand-year reign, that is the millennium. Now, it's amazing to me how many pastors do not believe in that there is a millennium. Like, what does, like, what does that mean then? Oh, and then we can allegorize it, but we have a millennium that, that's present during that time. What else do you have on your list there? Sure. Yeah, so so we're going to get there in this series. I apologize. It's like current event series, and then we're just doing like nerdy, you know, Bible. You know, that it is, it is very real. It's, it's happening uh, as we speak. Okay, so the keys to understanding when to put the millennium, where do we put the, the, the Christ's second coming, where do we put the Battle of Armageddon, if you can get this down, okay, if you can equip yourself, just you got to know a few, you know, the, the verses out of Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 and 19. You got to know that heaven opens in, in Revelation 4 1 and, and again in 19 11. You have to know that the churches are, it's all about the churches till heaven opens, the trumpet sounds, the church is now gone, and there's four different views. 
of the tribulation, just like there were four different views in the, in the Gospels. And then we enter into the time when Christ actually returns. If you can get your head around that, we will have no problems knowing when the when the rapture happens, the tribulation happens, when Christ's actual second return is, and, and then when the millennial reign is. All of those things will fall in place if you get this key. Now, next week, we're going to augment this with, with an, I'm sorry, we're taking a Christmas thing, and it'll be in, in three weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll cover another key for this. Okay. The men, the children of Issachar, who can understand the times. Um, you guys, this this is key, being able to break down the book of Revelation. So if I have this, except it's legible and and has some more stuff with it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll post it next week. Get a, so we need a, a yeah. Have you, you guys know about Larkin? Yeah. Yeah, you can, it's, if you get eSword, there's a free tool on your free eSword that's his books. So if, Bill has all the books, so. Uh, and so probably not in the small groups. Sorry, we, we started late and I took long. Um, but is there any any comments? We'll just be one big small group right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think about I think about the apostle like Saul, okay, who who was was on the road and and all of a sudden he saw a great light and he heard God speak. Now, if you if you compare passages, the people that were with him, they just heard a loud noise. It's like, what is that? Thunder? And then but what Paul heard was, "Hey, Saul, what what do you like What's up? And, they, and then he didn't say that, but okay, he he heard like real words, and I think it's going to be like that because there's going to be deception afterwards. There's a great lie that people are going to believe, and if they all saw heaven opened, see, it has to be by faith, you guys. If you saw heaven and hell laid out before you, it would not be by faith. You'd be like, oh, like. If you saw clearly what a spiritual life versus a carnal life looked like, if you saw people dangling over a pit of, like, it has to be by faith. And, and, and so, yeah, I don't think, like, heaven can open and the lost can look up and see and hear the, the voice of God. So I think they're going to know something happened, but they're not going to hear 
Oh, yeah. We will not prevent those that are asleep. So the graves are going to open. They're going to get their glorified bodies and then changed. Now, it may be that fast. It might be like, oh, and then boom, it just happens. I don't, it, there could be some time in between there, though. Like, we don't know. If we see them going up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hang on real quick, guys. If you, we are officially dismissed. If you need to go get your kids, if you got to get to lunch, go ahead. I'm going to keep taking questions, though. Nick has something. One is that uh, when John was writing, was writing down, there was some thunder, and God's talking about the writing. Do we have a understanding of that? So Nick's question is on the things that the thundering. Some people heard, other people's didn't. What about when the prophets told, don't write this down? Do we know what was spoken? And the answer is it's no, speculation. We, right. Well, some of it, some of it we do in terms of how long that we've lived. So, yeah, some of that. I'm sure someone has them. I don't. Yeah. All right, listen, love you guys. God bless, and, and we'll see you next time.